It's January 18, 2023, and welcome to Fight Mars Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll be talking to Constancio Paranal from the city and county, and he's with the Office of Economic Revitalization, and he will be talking about the Oahu Business Recovery Grant. And then we'll be joined by Leah Laramie, and she is with the Hawaii Climate Change Mitigation and Adaptation Coordinator. That is her title. It's a long one. And, of course, we got Brad Romine from uh, Sea Grant College, but he will also explain some of his other affiliations. And they're both here to talk about Hawaii Climate Week. So with that, though, I, I do want to get to uh, Constancio and and. Of course, uh, like I said, Constancio is with the City and County Office of Economic Revitalization, and they just announced the Oahu Business Recovery Grant. And Constancio, you're a regular on the broadband hui, but now I got you on on the yep. uh, Bite Mars Cafe. I want to welcome you, you to the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Bert. I, I'm a huge fan, and <laughs> I finally made it to your show. <laughs> ah, come on. Give me a break. You know. <laughs> so glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> well, some, some of my you know friends, they... It's like, wow, it took me like, what, five years before you invited me to your show. It's like, oh, my goodness. Anyway, so, Constancio, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do over at the Office of Economic Revitalization before you get into uh, this, uh, you know, the Oahu Business Recovery Grant. Yes, yes. No, thank again, thank you so much, Bert, for giving uh, me and the entire Office of Economic Revitalization this opportunity to share more about our office and what the city and county of Honolulu is doing to help our economy. So the um, the Office of Economic Revitalization is a fairly new office right, um, within the city and county of Honolulu. And, and really our goal, uh, we call it our North Star, is to create good jobs, to preserve good jobs, and to help people good jobs. So those, those are really our guiding principles. And OER, as we call it, um, our, our role really is to plant the seeds for a post COVID economy that is more diverse, that's equitable, and again, provide good jobs for our people. So you've probably heard some of the the programs that we have been uh, facilitating. Uh, And a lot of it is hinged on that strategy that, you know, we need to help the community. Part of it includes helping struggling renters with the rental utility relief program, and small farmers with the agricultural grants program. Mm-hmm. And now we have mm-hmm. the Oahu Business Recovery Grant. Yeah. And so the Oahu Business Recovery Grant, where where did the uh, money come from? This is federally funded, right? That's right. Yes. Yes. So the Oahu Business Recovery Grant is it, is a federally funded um, grant uh, and is supported by the SLFRF. So the SLFRF, yeah. what does that what does that acronym stand for? State and local fiscal recovery grant, right? So a lot of the okay. grants are really for uh, provide COVID relief for the community for businesses, right? Because a lot of our community have been impacted by COVID, mm-hmm. so that's what the purpose of the grant is. And and uh, in terms of the amount of uh, money available in this grant program, uh, how much mm-hmm. how much is it, and and what are you looking for business to apply? Is there a minimum amount that they can apply for? Uh, minimum amount. So the overall grant um, 
is uh, about $10 million. Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. was what was appropriated. And um, grants are actually going to be distributed uh, ranging from 15000 to 50000 depending on the size of the business. So it really depends on the revenue uh, of the business and what they qualify for, right? So uh, in order to qualify for the grant, Oahu small businesses should have uh, endured about 25% drop in net income or more during COVID. So it would require looking at your tax returns from 2019 versus 2020 and 2019 versus 2021. And uh, in order to qualify, one of the requirements is to um, show a net income loss of at least 25%. Um, Now, as far as the gross revenue, the businesses should have about uh, 75005 million of gross revenue in order to qualify uh, for, for this grant. So and that a- would, like I said a while ago, that would determine the, uh, the size of the grant that you will receive. I see, I see. So if you're obviously, if you're at the 75000 uh, yeah. revenue mm-hmm. level, uh, you'll get probably at the, at the minimum maybe the, the 15000 uh, grant. Correct, yeah. right. And so is there, a, is there like a yeah. formula that you folks are basing this on? Like depending on the revenue and, and if they qualify with the 25% down, there's a more or less a formula that you could apply? Yeah, so there is actually a, uh, in terms of how it was appropriated, you mean, or how the size? How, it's, uh, how you determine whether somebody gets a 15,000 you know, 15, or 50,000. Yeah, right. So one of the, the criteria is there is actually a tier level of, uh, depending again on your revenue in mm-hmm. 2019, your gross revenue in 2019, and uh, and that information is actually available online. They can visit revitalizeoahu.org/oahubizgrants, and uh, that information is actually provided, so they can see exactly, um, you know, depending on their revenue size, what tier level they're in, and the the grant size that they would qualify for. And and Consancio. In terms mm-hmm. of uh, a, a qualifying company, and, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, folks quali- uh, qualifying, what are they mm-hmm. required to use the money for? I mean, is there, is there some oversight on your part to sort of determine the proper use of the money? Yes, obviously. Yes, because it's a federally funded money, then it has to, um, the money is going to be utilized to support uh, businesses, right? And in terms of um, shouldering their operating expenses, uh, and in order to um, support their businesses throughout COVID and to persist uh, post-COVID time. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it could be used for um, not to support any expenses that support the operation of their business. Mm-hmm. So it's not like uh, you know the owner of the business cannot kind of take it as a as a uh, income as a raise or anything yes yes nothing like that and then so you so your office will sort of have an oversight and there's obviously uh compliance that uh, each of the business have have to adhere to yes uh we're, this uh, this grant is actually uh administered by our partner which is the chamber of commerce of hawaii mm-hmm. and they are the ones administering the program uh, in partnership with other uh, organizations such as the Cumulus Advisors, and they're the ones that are actually looking at uh, providing oversight uh, on the accounting side and just making sure that uh, the applicants have the right documentation 
and then uh, Pono Consulting is also uh, another organization. So there is a, uh, a number of organizations supporting this effort to make sure that we're able to provide uh, assistance to our mm-hmm. community. And, oh, very you know, good. The city and county of Honolulu were very uh, grateful to our partners uh, for helping us administer this program. No, that's great. That's great. So, uh, Constancio, where, again, can people go and find out more information about this program? Yes, so they can definitely go to our website. It's, uh, the website is revitalizedoahu.org slash oahubiz, that's with a Z, grants.com. And from there, you'll see all of the information uh, necessary to apply, all the documents required. And I think that's very important because I think the key, this is a first-come, first-served grant. And so we want to really make sure that the applicants have all of the documentation uh, that they need in order to qualify for, uh, for the event. And if you don't mind, Bert, uh, we also have a, the Chamber of Commerce, together with the Small Business Development Center, will also hold a webinar on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, that's today. They, ha- they held it. But that will also be available on our site if they missed it. So we had it at 1.30 p.m. Um, it's available on our site, and they should be able to watch that. Oh, very good, very good. So, yeah, Constancia, I'll definitely put that uh, link up on our show notes and uh, make sure that people can can find you know the application and everything. Everything. So, Constancio, mahalo for joining me. So, mahalo, Bert. Thank you so much. This really means a lot for the city and county and for all the organizations supporting our community. Mahalo. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. And of course, uh, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Leah Laramie and Brad Romine. And we'll talk about the recent Climate Week. And of course, this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Namea Hawaii and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I am happy to welcome uh, Leah Laramie. And, of course, she is the Hawaii Climate Change Mitigation and Adaptation Coordinator. That's a pretty long title. I want her to explain what that is. And, of course, we got Brad Romine. And and uh, I previously said he's with the Sea uh, Grant College, but he's also uh, with an organization called the Pacific Islands Climate Adaptation <clears throat> Science Center, and I want him to explain what exactly that is. And, of course, they were both involved with uh, helping to organize the recent Hawaii Climate Week, so I want to welcome them both to uh, Bite Marks Cafe. Aloha, Bert. Thanks for having us. Yeah, aloha, Bert. Aloha, everybody out there. Thank you for having us. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's great to have you on, and then... Uh, you know, I, I, I want to thank uh, Brad for actually coming down to Hawaii Public Radio, but I had to force him to, you know, call, <laughs> call in anyway. But, Brad, I appreciate it. And, and well, let's start with um, Leah. And, Leah, I love your title. I mean, it's a mouthful. Uh, and maybe you can, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about uh, what, what you do uh, as the Hawaii Climate Change Mitigation and Adaptation Coordinator. Yeah, thanks for it. It is a mouthful. I usually just tell people I'm the I'm the climate change coordinator for the state of Hawaii. Um, but it's a really exciting role. Um, I'm new to it. I've only been here for about um, six months now. But um, it's a really great opportunity to work with um, a great group of people. Um, it's I'm actually a staff of one. 
Um, but in part of that is I help to coordinate the meetings for the Climate Change Mitigation and Adaptation Commission. Um, and then the majority of my time is spent um, collaborating with wonderful folks such as Brad here, um, you know, other folks at UH, other state departments, um, city and county folks, um, and nonprofits on taking climate action in the state. So looking at the ways that we can best mitigate any further um, climate change from taking place, as well as adapt to the changes that have already impacted the state. So tell me, tell us a little bit about the commission, this climate commission, and, and has it been around for a while, and how, how many uh, folks are on that commission? Yeah, the commission was established in 2017. It's um, multi-jurisdictional, which is one of the great things about the commission. We have four members of the legislature, Um, We have all four city and county planning departments on the commission, and then we have um, various other state departments on the commission as Mm -hmm, well. So there's mm -hmm. 20 members in total, and it's um, co-chaired by the Department of Land and Natural Resources and the Office of Planning and Sustainable Development. Oh, I see. And and this is something that was... uh uh, established back by, what, the legislature, perhaps in 2016 or 2017? Yeah, it was established by the legislature in 2017 in response to um, the federal administration's withdrawal from the Paris Accords. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So Hawaii stood up and said, you know, we really think it's important to address climate change. We think it's really important to um, keep um, global temperatures below two degrees Celsius, and so we're going to work to meet the worldwide goals that the world had agreed to, even if the um, continental United States is withdrawing. Ah, I see. Well, that's a that's a good backstory because you know that puts a I, well, you already mentioned that. I mean, puts uh, Hawaii kind of at the lead of taking some action as a result of us pulling out of the Paris Accord and. And over the course of the last, what, uh, seven, six, six years, uh, how has the commission sort of continued to carry the, the message forward? And like you said, you're, you've been involved for the last six months. So what, what kind of happened between, you know, the, the formation of the commission and, and your coming on board? Yeah, there's, I mean, the commission's put together some great um, guidance documents um, with assistance from Um, folks at UH and other people have put together a lot of um, information on how sea level rise is going to impact the state, looking at the um, just recently um, produced, um, with the assistance of Brad and others, um, produced an updated document on um, sea level rise impacts using the the latest science and looking at, um, you know, what we can expect to see in the near future as well as into 2100. Um, so that we can plan better for, um, you know, any housing or any critical infrastructure on, on where we want to place that. Um, there's been a lot of great guidance documents looking at the importance of nature-based solutions and addressing um, the impacts of climate change. Um, and just, I think, the best thing that's come out of it is really the collaborations that have happened cross-jurisdictional here between state, county, and um, the legislature in addressing climate change. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good chance for uh, Brad to kind of chime in here and tell us a little bit about uh, what your organization does, and it's the uh, Pacific Islands Climate Adaptation Science Center. And, and what exactly is that, and where does it reside? Yeah, thanks, Bert. Um, so I serve as the 
deputy director for the Pacific Islands Climate Adaptation Science Center, which which is also an, another mouthful. We shorten it to PICASC. Um, and yeah, we're, we're a collaborative partnership between the U.S. Geological Survey and a consortium of universities, including uh, University of Hawaii at Manoa, University of Hawaii at Hilo, and University of Guam. And the center is designed to support sustainability and climate adaptation in communities across the Pacific Islands. And and through the center, we provide natural resource managers and cultural stewards and federal, state, and uh, the local arenas access to the best available science on climate change um, and, and other stressors impacting uh, our region, the Pacific Islands, natural and cultural resources. So we're, we're about partnerships. We're about um, bringing actionable science to um, natural resource managers um, and cultural stewards in the Pacific Islands. And uh, yeah, we're, we're a unique partnership that combines the uh, research enterprise of um, the U.S. Geological Survey and uh, universities here. And, and so, um, so, so, Brad, yeah, where, where, where do you actually uh, physically reside? Is it on, on campus at the, you know, University of Hawaii at Manoa? Or? Yep, I'm on campus at UH Manoa, um, and we have folks at UH Hilo and University of Guam that we work really closely with, and then our, um, our federal partners as well at the U.S. Geological Survey. So I'm curious, I'm curious, Brad, how, how did this uh, Adaptation Science Center actually get sort of pulled together? Was there some funding or some legislation that really helped to uh, galvanize, you know, the partnership? Yeah, the, the um, Climate Adaptation Science Centers came together uh, roughly 10 years ago, um, you know, on, by, from the U.S. Geological Survey. Mm-hmm. And um, there's these CAPs, these Climate Adaptation Science Centers, all over the country, actually. Um, uh, eight or eight of them, nine of them now, I forget. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're all dedicated to regional solutions for, for climate adaptation science and um, really focused on uh, ecosystem adaptation um, and, and bringing the science to, to, to adaptation for um, resource managers. Well, you know, that this stuff is, is really really quite fascinating, and I, I, I probably need to spend just quality time with both of you to, you know, get a better understanding of the organization that you represent. Now, I, I do want to kind of get into how you both collaborated to come up with the Hawaii uh, Climate Week. So, But we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short uh, break to continue our conversation with Lea Laramie, and of course, we got Brad Romine, and we're talking about the Hawaii Climate Week, and this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, I'm talking to Leah Laramie, and of course, she is the Hawaii Climate Change Mitigation and Adaptation Coordinator. And of course, I've also got Brad Romine, and he and uh, Leah both kind of collaborated and, and uh, helped to develop something that came out of, I guess, a, a recommendation by the commission to have a climate week. And of course, uh, I would like to give Leah a chance to kind of explain what what took place during this Hawaii Climate Week. Yeah, thanks, Bert. Um, it was really exciting. I just have to give a big shout out to Brad here because I initially was thinking of having you know a short little maybe a, a climate day, um, and Brad came to me and said, you know, we have this um, you know uh, Pacific Island Climate um, Adaptation Science Summit that we're 
um, wanting to put together and um, let's collaborate. So um, from there, it kind of snowballed and we decided, hey, let's go for a full climate week. Um, so wow. It off, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was great. Um, I mean, it's just it just shows you, um, you know, how many people are really working on this topic in the state and mm-hmm. how much of a leader we really are. Um, so it's really exciting. We, we kicked off the week with Climate Action Day, which um, we had um, Governor Josh Green come and talk at. Um, I'm sure we'll discuss some of the topics that he brought up there. But um, we also had some great representatives from um, city, county, um, the state, and the university talking about the um, kind of challenges and the solutions, as well as the next steps of what we can do to really address climate change here in the state. Um, And then maybe I can kick it over to to Brad to talk about um, the Climate Adaptation Science Summit. Yeah, yeah, please do. And and Brad, uh, uh, keep it a little bit short because we only got a little bit of time left, but I do want to have Leah kind of of share what her thoughts are on the Governor Josh Green's announcement of the $100 million. So, but Brad, I want to hear about what what took place uh, in the science par- portion of the, of the I guess, uh, climate week. Sure. Thanks, Bert. Um, yeah, I work really closely with Leia through the State Climate Commission and some cooperative agreements um, that we have through Sea Grant and the Climate Adaptation Science Center. Um, so we saw a real opportunity to combine our efforts and, and put together Climate Week. And um, Tuesday and Wednesday of last week, Climate Week, we, we uh, had the uh, Hawaii Climate Adaptation Science Summit and we brought together a range of different people, um, including researchers, resource managers, officials, cultural practitioners, and, and other science users, um, to discuss um, the impacts we're seeing from climate change in, in our environments and ecosystems in Hawaii, and really focus in on three topics and, and some of the science and, and management applications that are happening um, around drought and wildfire, forest and watershed conservation, um, as well as coastal ecosystems and sea level rise. And, um, those are just a, a few of the impacts we're, we're seeing and expect to see more of with climate change. But um, there's a lot of work going on uh, with the researchers we're supporting through uh, PiCast on those topics. So uh, we want to hear about the great work all those researchers are doing. And then we had some discussions about, you know, how that research is being applied uh, in resource and cultural management and um, and what's needed next. Where do we need to go next with, with the research to, to support um adaptation to climate change. Well, Brad, you know, I, I will um, ask you if you could, uh, you know, send me some some sort of uh, ticklers on what are the projects that kind of came out as a result of not only the research, but the uh, I- implementation of, of what the, the findings might reveal. And I definitely want to get you back on the show and, and talk a bit more specific about some of the actual projects that uh, you're now referencing because uh, we just, you know, I mean, this we could probably delve into this for the next couple of hours, but uh, I do want to kind of get into a little bit more detail. So, yeah, please uh, please let me know of, of some of the topics and we can probably have some of the scientists come on and, and we can talk about the, how they're putting it into action. Yeah, I definitely recommend having some of the scientists on that we had at the summit, and I'd be happy to pass some names on to you. But um, real quickly, um, in the drought and wildfire um, talk, talks, one of the things that really stood out to me is People don't really think of Hawaii um, as such a, a, a focal point for, for wildfire, but um, one thing that I've heard repeated is that uh, based on our, our overall land area, um, we have more wildfires here um, 
as, as a percentage of our land area in Hawaii than, than uh, most or I think any other place in the U.S. So it's, it's a major issue, and we are going to be facing more extreme droughts um, along with more extreme rainfall with climate change. So that was one of the key topics. I think folks are really aware of the challenges we're facing with sea level rise um, in Hawaii and around the Pacific Islands. There was a lot of discussion about the great modeling and data that's being done about increasing um, high tide flooding and mm-hmm. coastal erosion and how that's getting applied to um, management Hawaiian Islands, um, both in the, the main Hawaiian Islands, but also in Papahanaumokuakea and uh, the low atoll islands there and what that means for wildlife ecosystems there. Oh, that's great. Um, no, I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Please, uh, please, let's have a continued conversation with, uh, all about some of these topics. And Leah, you know, we've, uh, we've got about a couple of minutes left, but uh, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about um, the, the big announcement and how does that translate into some act- action, right? I mean, it's called climate, <laughs> climate Week. And so what are you excited about as a result of uh, Governor Green's announcement? Yeah, well, for those of you that weren't there or haven't read the papers, um, Governor Green pledged to dedicate $100 million um, from the state's um, $1.9 billion surplus to address climate change impacts. Um, So it was a really exciting um, announcement that just really um, reinvigorated a lot of us in, um, you know, the work that we've been doing. There's so many dedicated people working really hard, but you know, the capacity is limited. So um, just having this um, this pledge from the governor, obviously we still have to go through the legislature and get it passed through there. But um, it's just really exciting to see that type of commitment from this administration. So, so Leah, I mean, in terms of uh, how, assuming the legislature does ap- approve it, appropriate it, uh, what are some examples of, of potential uses of, of $100 million? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're still waiting on details to come out about how exactly this fund will be administered and all that. But, you know, I, I know that we have a lot of great ideas already. Um, just from the, the talks um, from Climate Week, um, we know that there's a lot of need for um, urban forestry and nature-based solutions, um, looking at addressing sea level rise um, to protect our uh, roadways as well as our um public um, natural and cultural resources, um, reducing heat island effects, um, tackling these wildfires that Brad was just talking about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and looking at, you know, how climate change impacts health. There's, you know, physical and mental health um, issues attributed with climate change. So, you know, climate change is, is not just, um, this is a quote that we had from this week, it's not just climate change, it's everything change. So, you know, this money will have broad spectrum impacts um, for everybody here, um, visitors and residents alike. So, do you do you foresee the the money that's appropriated? Would it be needing to be expended within a, a one year period, two year period? What's the time frame for actually implementing some of uh, the projects that come out of the funding? Yeah. So um, my understanding, and again, details are to come, is that this would establish um, a sort of special fund so that it it's really not to um, get the money expended all one time, mm-hmm. how, but really to um, set up this call to action so that we can get other folks, um, businesses, nonprofits, and others to, to dedicate more funding to climate action. 
Um, so we're really hoping that this will help to grow the pot and then we can spend money over um, the next few years. So Leah, Leah really, where's, where yeah. can people find out more information about all the work that you guys are doing? Yeah, you can find out more at uh, climate.hawaii.gov. Very good. And uh, on Instagram at, at High Climate. I'll put that up on our show notes. Leah Laramie is the Hawaii Climate Change Mitigation and Adaptation Coordinator. Brad Romine, he's with the Pacific Islands Climate Adaptation Science Center. Of course, they both help to organize the Hawaii Climate Week. And of course, I want to thank them both for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week uh, when we'll learn about the first flight of Iolani's E-Hawk. And of course, if you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast. Uh, podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And of course, our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HBR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marsh Cafe. Stay tuned. Reveal is next.